Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Okay, 
So I'm going to get into this as best as possible and uh, start start the warm-up this room as best as possible. A little controversy. I'm going to start with a little controversy and then, uh, like, get, you know, the, the pre-situation of the Super Bowl, like, edge it as best as I can because I do want to save a lot of it for Sunday for the Super Bowl extravaganza as best as possible. But I know a lot of people here may feel a certain way about how I will go into one of these topics, but I do kind of want to, like, give the pushback if I can or if people do agree with me here on the, the first situation. But I am going to um, go into the NBA first, get these scores out of the way, just to kind of get the appetizer out of the way, feed the people as best as possible, because, you know, this, this is what we do. Welcome, welcome to the kitchen. If you don't know, now you know. But uh, one thing I do want to ask, uh, before I do get into the scores and start to rock the room up as best as possible, I'll come to you first on this one, Chandler. Your thoughts on this Kyrie Irving situation, do you think the Nets or any team across the board can make a deal happen in the next five days because the, the deadline is the 10th on Friday? Do you think it can happen? Can they? Yeah, if they really want to. Um, I think, you know, listen, man, Duke, and you know, I defended him for a long time. You know that. He's a clown. He's a clown. Um, miss me with the negotiate tactic, miss me with all of that. Because you waited until the team was really rolling, um, things were going fine because it was just about basketball. Like your friend who you who you got to come there and who you know is not really about anything other than basketball, right? You waited until things are going well. And then you screw him again. You just keep talking about that's your boy. So, yeah, if they want to, but here's the thing. He's going to want assurances that they're going to pay him. No one's going to pay him. So you caused all of this for nothing. Now, if I'm the Nets, I trade him to Detroit and let him lose for the rest, let him lose for the rest of the season. Go play in Detroit, bruh. But yes, I, yeah. Can they make a trade? Yes. Um, I don't. I don't believe the Lakers have anything to offer the Nets. I know that's where everybody's talking. He should. He should be. It, that trade helped the Lakers. It doesn't help the Nets at all. What are you getting, Russell Westbrook, who can't shoot? What are you, what are you getting? What are you really getting from them? Oh, you get some draft picks. How does that help them this year? They've been a top four team all season. So how does that help them this season? So. To me, the best trade, honestly, is Detroit. Detroit has some nice, young, good players who want to get out of there because all they do is lose. But what are you going to get from the Clippers? John Wall? What are you going to get from Dallas? Spencer Dinwiddie? He's already been there. We know how that show goes. Well, I was going to say that. There's a lot of situations that could occur for Brooklyn, but it'll be players returning back to Brooklyn. It's like I don't even know if you want to bring – a player with that type of mindset that try to prove themselves they could be better somewhere else and they get brought back there because of the Kyrie ordeal, which they had nothing to do with indirectly. Okay, let me get Big Mike in the building. Mike, your thoughts on this situation? I know me and you have been talking about this throughout the week. Um, your thoughts on <laughs> if a team can make this happen in the next five days? I don't even want to say within the week. I'll say within the week, and we do have people at the door, so I'm going to let them in after you get going. I mean, I think that a team could make it happen if they want to. 
Listen, basketball-wise, Kyrie Irving makes a lot of sense for a lot of teams. Business-wise, I'm not sure. Like, you bring him in, um, it, you know, can you work out an extension? Can you pay him what he's going to be worth? Is he going to be reliable and show up for you? I just I, – I don't know. If, if you trade for a guy and he's a malcontent, though, and he's still pushing about getting his money and not necessarily concentrating on basketball, then at some point – he can have all the basketball talent in the world, but does he really is is he really an asset to your organization and to what you're trying to do? Uh, you know, you mentioned the Lakers. The only first round picks they have left in this decade are twenty seven and twenty nine. Uh, you know, Ty and I talked about the Pelicans. I I could see how or why that might make a lot of sense. The only thing about it is they have an embarrassment of riches as far as draft picks and things moving forward at a young team, so I'm not sure that I mess with that. I think I just take my time and continue to build that up because you're going to have to give up a lot of those assets to make that work. Basketball-wise, I could see how it makes a lot of sense, but when you look at the business side of it and stuff too, I'm not sure there's a general manager that I would deal with what has really kind of – I mean, Kyrie's been a headache, man. I mean, like over the last few seasons, and I'm just not sure that it's – that it's worth it. If we we're just talking about between the lines, I would love it for a lot of teams. You look in the Western Conference right now, fourth and 13th place are separated by about three games. So, yeah, I, could he move the needle for somebody? Sure. But I just don't know if uh, if it's if it's worth taking on all the extra baggage that comes with Kyrie. I'm gritting my teeth, Sports City, because I was going to use that, and I'm the one that brought that to him. He didn't He didn't do that. He didn't do that. I talked about the New Orleans Pelicans. I thought he was going to talk his talk, but he actually brought up what I brought to him and fed him that dog on hors d'oeuvre. But um, let me get somebody in the building calling in from the 505 Erie Code. Welcome to the brunch. What's on your mind this morning? Good morning. Good morning, Ty. Uh, how are you? All right, and just so. You know, I'm hanging in there. I'm uh, I'm alive. Uh, from uh, I think it's from Boys in the Hood. Uh, the Trey's father says that someone asked him how you doing. He says I'm breathing, and that's enough for me. So uh, I'll take that motto and uh, say that's how I'm doing. Happy to be uh, talking to you again, um, Kyrie. Kyrie's question. Yeah, Kyrie's a great basketball player. He's one of the best point guards in the league. Any team that has him is lucky. I think, um, yeah, he's got the social issues, and he definitely stands alone on some stuff, uh, a la Aaron Rodgers. But you know what? The world needs people like that in every sector, and, and the NBA is one of them. Um, he doesn't – I don't know if he's going to be the piece that uh, takes the team over the top. Um, but, yes, he's, he's become a headache and, and – uh, He'll probably he'll probably be traded. I say, um, is that what he wants? I'm not even sure. I think he wants to be traded. So they'll get they'll get him somewhere. But um, whoever's going to get him's got a great player. And it's like if he can get, if he can get into the right team, it's like you struck that match, and then uh, he can definitely take off because he's one of the best players in the league. I mean that's just that's just that is what it is. Um, take away the social issues and the stuff that he kind of stands for. But about that though, toxicity is often looked down upon like something's wrong with the person, but I don't think so. I think he's doing his own thing. I like I said, Aaron Rodgers, 
and um, he's kind of standing for what he stands for. He's like, this is what I believe. And yeah, I posted that thing on Twitter. I was like, I, I, all I did was post something on Twitter. Why are you guys making me such a hard time about it? And it's like people try and get him, and they're always trying to poke the bear, and he doesn't really take it. Yeah, I think he comes from a strong upbringing. I think he had a good father and got a good head on his shoulders. Um, I don't want to say that he's a, a, a headache for any organization. I think he's actually – I think he's actually a, he got his stuff kind of together minus the social issues and would be a, a positive to, to any team. Um, I'm happy, I'm happy to be talking to you guys. I want to hear what, what do you think, Ty? Okay. The question I asked is, can the Nets get a trade to happen? He requested a trade. I don't know what you've seen or heard, but he said it within this past week or so. So, he does want to go. So, like, like while I'm doing the, the rundown, just, just read into what he said, and then you'll go from there. Um, the crazy part about it is I, I want to look at what's been said here so far. The Lakers situation, I feel like I'm indirectly tied into it because I'm a Thunder fan, and Russ and KD have played together before. And everybody knows that was the marriage that had the worst divorce in NBA history that um, happened in 2016, the end of the season. And um, knowing for the past three or four years after 2016 and went to 2019, 2020, those two never got over it. Like, it was always going to be a spat on the floor. These two were going at each other, forehead-to-forehead in games where the Thunder played, the the Warriors, things like that. I know for sure if the Lakers traded Russ to Brooklyn, KD will probably sit out. I'm talking about probably for the rest of the season because I know he does not want to be around Russell Westbrook after he's seen – the success that he's had being away from him and watching Russ come to him while Russ is tumbling out of control out of his NBA career. I don't even know how much Russ has long left. I want to say more than three seasons of athletic play, but, like, being effective on the floor, Russ has been a detriment here or there. Like, there's some games where he could give you that spark and get a rebound here or dunk there or a good pass here, but, like, you're not looking at him consistently. Like, you're you're seeing him put up bad shots and – making LeBron mad, and I know that LeBron wants Kyrie because his Twitter the other day when Kyrie made a statement, he put up big eyes as an emoji like he's looking for him. So if LeBron can make that move happen, it'll be intriguing, but I know that this would have to be like a three or four-team deal. Some some pieces would have to get made. I don't think Brooklyn makes it happen. I think Brooklyn's going to sit still and let Kyrie deal with this Suffer however he may. If you're going to be here after February 10th or 11th, however we look at it, the 10th is the deadline. You'll be here. If you want to sit out, then sit out, and we'll figure out how to handle this situation. Um, Again, I I still think that Kyrie definitely has a presence in the NBA. I definitely think that he could go to a team and make a difference. Um, It's bad that the history that he's had since leaving LeBron, more or less, how that thing broke up after they got their championship, so on and so forth, with a lot of the cameras and Everybody that has an opinion has been able to say things about Kyrie, and I think that's kind of what, you know, has been tattooed in his brain. It's like I got to prove these people, excuse me, prove these people wrong as best as I can. And um, when things don't go right around him, he speaks out, and he's getting caught in every media backlash that he can deal with. Now, the crazy part is, is now Brooklyn is successful. They are in the top half of the Eastern Conference right now without both of him and KD. And what I wanted to feature is they just won last night, 125 to 123 without both of these stars, even though it's up against the Washington Wizards. But Cam Thomas went off with 44 points last night. 
Cam Thomas, one of the people that are around them that I feel, to me, Brooklyn has not put the pieces around them that they want. Like, I, I feel like they know that that management can bring better players there, especially to a market like New York City. And, and Brooklyn is an up-and-coming organization, but they aren't bringing the quality that they are used to seeing. Like, they still have Joe Thomas there. Joe Thomas has been there for the past, well, since they've gotten there, and hasn't improved. And he's been out all last season due to injury, came back, and he's still the same guy, still can't knock down shots, still can't give you more than 14 points, and he's a, supposed to be a knockdown shooter. So if he's seeing wide-open looks in this Joe like, Harris. Joe Harris. Joe, Joe Harris, I, I got confused with the last name. Thank you for the help. Thank you for the help. But Joe Harris, he's still not able to be effective on the floor. It's like, what are we going to do about this if we had Harden, Kyrie, and KD on the floor, and he's seeing these looks and couldn't get the shot to fall then. Now how does it look after a two-year gap and it's, nothing has changed? And I think Cam would be an effective player the way that he's playing right now, but he needs the ball more to get it, especially if KD and Kyrie are out there. They kind of stunt his possessions or his touches to get the ball up. So this is a very interesting situation on what Brooklyn has in front of them. But to me, I, I definitely don't think that uh, Brooklyn makes this happen unless they get a lot of teams to jump in. And I, I feel like this may be a three to four team situation. I don't, I don't think it's just a one-off, one-off, and Russ and Kyrie get traded for each other. I, I doubt that highly. I, I don't think Brooklyn or KD want to entertain that. And I know that they are all on their hinges about getting ready to lose KD, but at least try to keep them there for the run going into the postseason because Brooklyn is definitely going to be a team at least top six in the Eastern Conference, unless they lose both of these guys in the next five days, which I doubt, which I doubt. I can ask you um, a question. What's yeah, yes, Chandler. I keep hearing people say, oh, Kyrie, he can make an impact on the team. What positive impact has he ever made anywhere outside of, outside of when he played with LeBron? Tell me the positive impact he's made on any team. Boston played better without him. He's missed more than three quarters of the games since he's been in Brooklyn. More than three quarters of the games he was eligible to, eligible to play, and he's missed. Along with the fact that, and that includes suspensions, all of the nonsense, and the injuries. So at what point, oh, and when he was with Cleveland, they were trash. Is he supremely gifted? Absolutely. Is he one of the best ball handlers we will probably ever see? No doubt. Are his physical skills first ballot Hall of Fame worthy? Yes, they are. Tell me where he's gone and has been positive. I would love for some, because I'm sick of hearing, oh, he can make a great impact on the team. Yes, he can. A great negative impact. Show me the positive impact anywhere. Well, even though they did come up short that year in Boston, I think they got a lot of growth from Kyrie being on that roster. I don't think that, you know, Tatum and them would have been able to get the success without Kyrie being there and learning from what they've seen. I, I don't get I don't get more of what they learned in that, you know, with him there and then the post of him leaving on Gordon Hayward's shoulders. I, I, I wouldn't give Gordon that, that nod. I give more of the experience that they learned from Kyrie from what he soaked up from the runs that he had with LeBron before coming there, even though they did get to the Eastern Conference Finals, and now as of last year they got to the finals, I feel like they give more of that to him. 
to be honest. But it, it, it seemed differently because we get what the reporters get. We get what the media get. We we aren't in those locker rooms every day. If we were, I feel like we would get more of the story like we need to. We we get fed what we see. And, you know, I, what I was always told is believe half of what you see and none of what you hear. So as at this point in time, especially how that thing broke up that season before Kyrie left on leaving, there was there was friction between him and Gordon Hayward. Those are the two leaders at this point in time of that Celtic organization. And um, you had puppies and, and Brown and, and Tatum learning from them. So I, I get it. And, and the one team that I had a discussion with Mike would have been the Pelicans because I know Alvarado, the point guard there, he's a decent he's a decent point guard. He's a good on-ball defender. I give him that. He could lock down on a lot of good point guards. But I don't think that that's what – they say end-all, be-all is for them to be at the top of the Western Conference. If Kyrie went there, and not to say that he plays defense like the kid because he can't, but you got at least three Duke players that know their style of basketball and how it works, how he can get, you know, the ball to a B.I. and let Brandon Ingram go crazy, or Zion is going to, you know, do what he does if he can stay on the floor and not get hurt. Um, this is a very effective team where you got all five players that are threats, even Jonas Valanciunas. And also a shooter with a crossover that I love is C.J. McCollum. I definitely think that that's a threat if they can make that happen. At least get a guard or two out of uh, New Orleans, whether it be Devontae Graham and Alvarado. However they get that to move to Brooklyn, that would be great. But not don't give up too many of those pieces to get out of there if, if that's a team for a team. And I definitely think that he'd be able to spill some of that postseason prowess to a uh, – New Orleans Pelicans team because the only person that really has that postseason presence is like CJ and some of Joe Val. Like the rest of them got to the play in last year and, and had to learn that they weren't ready for a Phoenix Suns team who's been to the finals a year prior. So I think that there is teams that he could go in there and make it a positive impact. It's just they have to buy into what Kyrie brings to the table and not get caught up into the media madness that he gets caught up in. They got to still believe in what he brings into the locker room and what he could provide on the floor with the, the rest of the team. I, another team that you and I mentioned the other day was Miami. <clears throat> Kyle Lowry kind of on his way out. And then uh, one other team I wanted to throw out there just to hear your thoughts on too would be the Toronto Raptors. And that's interesting about the Toronto Raptors because I was reading and watching, like, video on the Raptors aren't content with Van Fleet. And I'm like, Van Fleet is actually a good point guard. So if they're ready to move on from Fred, it's like that would be entertaining. But that's where I look at the situation where Chandler's talking about, could he bring a positive impact there when he would literally be the eldest and the vet on that team and they'd have to all kind of look up to him kind of, you know, even though – Pascal is a, a a threat in his own right, and Barnes is definitely a threat in his own right out there in Toronto. It, it's that's a very icky situation. So I, I don't know. And is is Kyrie vaccinated? Because if he's not, I think Canada's still playing around. So I don't know if he can go there. You know, so that's something that I would think about too. But the other team that I would also like to see if it were to happen is the, the Phoenix Suns because. <laughs> I only think Chris Paul is going to make it to the end of the season. If he plays next year, I think he's just playing for the $30 million that he's playing for for the year, and that's that. I don't I don't think Chris Paul has much left other than him having NBA Finals aspirations and getting there and trying to get a championship. Otherwise, it's going to be Devin Booker in that desert by himself. They already showed you that they want to get rid of DeAndre Ayton. So they gave Ayton a deal, but Ayton's not happy. I don't think Ayton wants to continue to be coached by Monty Williams. So get at least a point guard that's going to take over from 
Chris Paul, whenever Chris Paul decides to put them shoes up, because it's coming soon, whether he likes it or not, whether it's in the next year or three. I, I say a one- to three-year window, and I feel like he's pushing the second and third. I really feel like he's pushing next year, too. Um, but that's how I feel about another team that could get him with at least postseason aspirations. There's also been talks about Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd actually wants Kyrie there. He said he would love to see the backcourt with Kyrie and uh, Luka Doncic. I, I don't think it would work because both of them are kind of real, really ball-dominant guards uh, and trying to get the shot off late in the clock. Like, they do make that happen. At least Kyrie will move the ball here and there. Luka will too, but that would be an interesting dynamic to see that happen in the heart of Texas. Okay, so Chris Paul is going to be a coach. Level? Excuse me, say that again? No, I said Chris Paul is going to be a coach. I don't think he works with Kyrie, but uh, I think that his next step, I agree with you, everything you said, by the way, but except the the, the Toronto thing, I, I don't think he's allowed to go to Toronto. Um, I think they are. I, I'm not sure over there. Um, but I think Chris Paul will be a coach pretty soon. I think you're right. He's kind of like almost not done. He's got a little bit left. Um they might be done. Phoenix might be a little bit uh, over the championship. I think the championship window might have passed. Um, could Tyree? Could Kyrie respark it for them? I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. I, it, they have to. It's, they have Chris Paul there. They they don't need Kyrie. Um, but I hope the Nets stay, stay put. When's when's Durant coming back? Is Durant coming back soon? Because if Durant's healthy and, and Kyrie's playing uh, with Claxton. I think they have a decent team. I think in the Eastern Conference they can actually make a run if they just kind of stand pat. I think all this noise about trading doesn't – I don't know. I don't know if it's the best idea. When is Durant coming back? Do we know? I think it should be within the next coming weeks or so. Um, I think it was a month long of him being out because that was an interesting tweak that he had in the game. So we'll we'll see how soon. I probably could get somebody to read up on it to see how long the duration is and you know, what Diddy's expected back. But um, the reason why I say Kyrie to Phoenix, I know Chris, Chris Paul will make it through the end of the season, but, like, to be ready for the future, this is a team that has drafted so many point guards in previous drafts, it's not funny, and none of them are there anymore. They are all gone. And I don't think they see a future with Cameron Payne at the point guard position if Chris Paul leaves in the next year or two. I don't I don't think that happens. If, if Kyrie's to come there, it's like, okay, Chris, you can walk into the sunset whenever you're ready. You can go do what you have to do. You can go be Team Jordan. You can go help Wake Forest. You can go provide for the HBCUs however you need to do it. But there already you have Patrick Beverly picking on him, and Patrick Beverly is not a threat anymore. Like, he's telling him, he's telling people that he's a defensive cone. Like, he doesn't play defense. So I really think that this is a ring chase situation. He fell into a good opportunity to get money but not being a championship situation. It's interesting that Phoenix is still somewhat competitive in the Western Conference, but I don't see them in the NBA Finals, not not this season. And and he'll be a year older next year. So uh, that that's something that I'm like, okay, if you get Kyrie there, he learns the system next year, him and Booker and Aiton, at least they got three there. They got a big three there, and he's sitting behind Chris Wall, and they both got great minds at the position that that could kind of work. And still, I'm a I'm a big Mikel Bridges fan because I'm a big East guy. And Bridges is an effective defender and can hit knockdown three. So they do have at least a, a good piece outside the big three. So that's one team I feel like it can work. But Phoenix has their own issues. They got to get their owner out of there. They trying to bring a new owner in there and buy in that team, so on and so forth. So they have that going on. But I'm just saying, like, luck of the draw of the Kyrie Irving sweepstakes. That's how I feel about in the Phoenix situation, but a lot of the other teams, no lie, I, I really feel that they're all really set at the point guard position, all of them. 
Uh, other than what I told what Mike said about what I, me and him discussed with Miami, New Orleans, the Suns, a lot of people are throwing the Timberwolves in there, but this is something that, you know, Chandler was talking about too. I don't think D'Angelo Russell wants to go back to Brooklyn after he tried to prove himself getting away from that organization and, and also um, the other situation with, with Dinwiddie leaving Dallas to come back to Brooklyn. I, it, it, they'd have to give up another piece. It, it'd have to be Tim Hardaway Jr. and probably another effective big, maybe JaVale McGee or something. And, and let Javel start. That's, that's the only way I can feel like that could work in Dallas. That I don't. I don't really feel like Spencer would leave and entertain going back to Brooklyn. That, that's just me. I, I I really feel like they they want to get away from that organization. Everybody's trying to leave Brooklyn. Everybody's trying to leave there. It's something upstairs. It's got to be management. It got to be how the roster's constructed. I, I don't think anybody's content with what they see right now, and they're trying to leave it all alone. At least that's how I feel. No, you're right. I think you're right. But why though? You're spot on there. What is the issue? I think this is something we can delve into if you want to. What is the issue with Brooklyn? Why why can't they seem to get over that that hump? Like they they get these good players and yeah, there's injuries and stuff and but yeah, there's just something in the locker room. There's just something with the front office because they're making moves, they're doing stuff, but they're just not. There's just something's missing. I don't I can't put my finger on it because it doesn't make really that much sense. Um, but that's a good point to bring up, Ty. Is that something's going on with the with the Nets here? Dare I say, I, mean, I know Brunson's playing out over his head, but dare I say the Knicks? No, the Knicks were not. Brunson's playing good. Why would they get, they're going to get rid of Brunson and just brought him there for a big old bag that they gave him? I, no, Brunson's playing good for the Knicks. Like, I think he's the reason why they at least hovering around playoff contention right now. A little bit of Julius Randle and RJ. I can't really take too much away from those two, but and, and Julius is actually a doggone all-star. But um, Brunson has been playing very effective with the Knicks. I I beg to differ that they get rid of Brunson for Kyrie. I, no, I, I think they. But, but I think the New York think Kyrie's better than Brunson. The city likes Brunson. Say that again. You don't think Kyrie's a better ball player than than Brunson? Yes, of course. Yes, of course. But Brunson's already like in that role in New York. Like I think the city is bought into Brunson right now. Brunson's actually won games with him. Not even like his his stats. Like he's actually won games at the end of the game, like taking the last shot, like. They they like Brunson. They 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 are content with their team. You can ask the Knicks fan right here. Hold on. Okay, so Chandler, do you would you I'm a want Knicks fan. Kyrie? Like... No, they're not gonna. Do... Okay, this is not NBA 2K. Can we stop? <laughs> I didn't say it. That's not me. Yeah, let's trade him for Kyrie Irving. That makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> it's a speculative. It's a speculative question. I mean, it, we're, we're throwing it out. We're throwing a lot of things out there. It, it's uh, it's a question. What's that? It is. It is. This is this is why I stop talking to Nick fans because it's always ridiculous. Hey, let's trade the guy that, that's not as good for some superstar because that. At the end of the day, first of all, the Knicks are not going to, to trade for Kyrie Irving. The reason people want to leave Brooklyn is the culture of Brooklyn. There's, there's a lack of culture. There's the fact that players keep dictating what's going on instead of ownership dictating and management dictating what's going on. You got KD who says nothing. He is not a guy who's going to speak up. So now you got basically Kyrie Irving holding the organization hostage. He got rid of Kenny Atkinson when you were building a culture and then he helped get. Then, he, then they got rid of Harris LeVert, Jared Allen, all these guys that they could use right now. Got rid of them. 
This thing God said, we don't need a coach. The problem in Brooklyn is the culture. The general manager and the owner will not put their foot down and say enough. This is how we are going to do business. If you don't like it, we will move you on. But we will have people here who are going to do business the way we want to do business, much like Miami does. This is why the same organizations are always at the top in these conferences, because they have a culture. And if you are not going to conform to their culture, then they will move you on. Well, on, on, that note, on that note, how many teams, I think I think of one right now, have been kind of in the, in the dumpster like, like the Nets are? Uh, the one that comes to my mind right, right now is the L.A. Clippers. And they got uh, George and then Kawhi, and now they're perennial championship contenders. Um, how, how many teams have really been there? where they're like the laughing stock of the league for a little bit and they kind of can't do anything right. And then they, you know, turn it around. Um, like I said, I got the LA Clippers. You guys know of any other more off the top of your heads? I, there's got to be more, but sometimes it gets hard to get out of the, get out of the gutter or get out of the mud when you're stuck there. And what do you mean in terms of the Clippers getting Kyrie there and what, and trying to get John Wall out of there? Cause they're, they're saying that they're not happy or, or, Content with the production of John Wall with the Lakers because that that is one thing that I've heard, but I don't think Kyrie Reggie Jackson fit. Like uh, Reggie's been well, that's his show. Like I, I don't know. Well, I was just talking. Was, I was talking. I was talking about how just overall, how many teams have been in the position where the Nets are in right now, where the organization kind of they can't get out of their own way. We got these players. We got these big names. We, they're two of the top five guys, ten guys in the league, and we still can't win. We still can't just seem to get over the hump. And I remember the Clippers were kind of like that with there was a little brother of the Lakers. Maybe still are a little bit, but now they're championship contenders. So their culture changed. I don't know. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things we could point to and say this is why or that's why. But the culture, like what my friend was just saying, um, is the issue with with uh, some some of these organizations, the Nets, and uh, how, what does it take to to change that for the Nets? I don't know if we know that, but and what other we could look at the copycat world, copycat league. What other teams have done it? Well, the teams have been in the gutter, and then they said, all right, we need to make this move, get this guy, and then get him, and then we got to put a good coach here, and now we got the Clippers, which, which are, you know, pretty much a team to beat. I don't know if anyone's – I think they're going to – they're my pick to win, I think, if they stay healthy. Um, and now, what, 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 so what are some other teams, though, that have done that? Because there are other teams. Let me think here. I want to say there are other teams that have been in the, in the gutter. Like, Who's the number three team in the West? Who is the number three team in the West? I can't tell you off the top of my head. It's the Sacramento Kings. It's the Sacramento Kings. Name five players on the Sacramento Kings. Five players on the Kings? Why? Name five Ooh, players on the Sacramento Kings. Uh, I, I know you can't. My point, my point is no, no, no. that what I the Kings have finally done. Why, why does it matter okay, if but, I memorize players on teams? Like, because my I mean, point, uh, um, my the point bonus is Fox, Barnes. Um, uh, Murray, the the key, like what, like here, does that, is that, does that satisfy you, Monk? I mean, the thing is, is like, what are you trying, 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 trying to get me on something? This is why I love your show, Ty. You got these people coming on here to find stuff other people. My question is, name an organization that was I in the gutter that built. Oh, so they're out of the. Just just they're out of the gutter. They're out of the gutter. Yes, because they have a culture. That's why they're the number three team in the West. They now have a culture. 
And they did it not by going out and getting big names. What they did was they built through the draft. They didn't trade away their best assets. They made one big trade, which was they brought in Sabonis to, to help cement their foundation. And that team is going to be good for the next three to five years. Not just good and not just all barely making the playoffs. That team is going to be a contender in the West for the next three to five years. They still have Rashawn Holmes, who is now coming off the bench. This is a guy who was the best player on, on a terrible team, and with, through the culture change, they got him to buy into understanding that he could be just as effective coming off the bench. He didn't jump up and say, I want to go somewhere else so I could be, it could be my team. That's how you build a team. You don't go out and sign all of the big names. You build it by having a culture and sticking to it. You build it by getting guys who want to buy in. I agree. I agree with that. Sorry if I came at you a little bit. I just I thought you were attacking me when you said like name players like like you don't know anybody on the Kings. But that's a good point. You answered the question. That is a team that yeah they're on the up and up and and they're going to be getting better. They're going to continue to get better. They got some good young players and Sabonis is just continuing to get better and better. And um, yeah, that's a that's a good point. I mean they're gonna they're gonna continue to rise. I don't think they're gonna win it anytime. No, well, maybe you never know. Seems they can, they can, they can get hot for sure. But that's a good, that's a good one, and, and it's probably others. I know that the Nuggets weren't good about a decade ago until Jokic came in there, um, and he, he, they got, they, they had uh, the guy from uh, Portland too, uh, Nur- Nurkic. They, they traded him away, so they, they had a, they, they made some good. They're a, that's a good organization. It's just funny. Some organizations just run smoother than others. And they're just always, even if they have a, a bad year or two where they get, they get into a rut, they seem to manage to find a way out of it. It's like they have that, that winning uh, mindset that's just, that this, that just falls in, in, into place within everybody in the organization. And, like, the Yankees kind of have it. Um, I want to say the Lakers, too, even though they're not having the best season. There's certain no, teams no. are always – no, not now. No, they're not looking – but certain teams just have it, have that winning kind of pedigree that just uh, it doesn't matter who's on a team. They're just going to find a way to be good. And other teams, I feel like like the Knicks are one of them that just kind of find a way to be bad. <laughs> it's like if you find a way to be – like I remember the Knicks being this good since Patrick Ewing, really. Um, and, and, yeah, so they're one of those teams. I, 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 wanna, I don't want to see the Nets go down that road. It's just – yeah, it's, some, it's something that we can talk about but putting the finger on it, what's going to make that change? It's, it's a lot of things. It's a mindset. It's a it's, it's a team. It's a, it's a get every, getting everybody to buy into the same. If you have one person going after something, maybe he gets it, maybe he doesn't. Who knows? Uh, but I'll tell you what, if you have 10 people going after the same thing, that same something, and they're working on it on the same page, they're, they're probably going to get it. Because, and that's the power of just being united and being into something. Um, I, I, whereas, I suppose, where um, – Egos get involved, and, and and I get it. Like when you have egos, then some of these guys are they're big, they're big characters. That they their lives, and they've always been told that they're the greatest, and they pretty much are the greatest at their craft. But um, getting everybody to buy into the same goal, and like really buying into it, and and then going for it. Because a lot of these guys, they they want I want to win championship, I want to win championship, sure. But do you though? Because I think that you want to be, but you want to be the man. <laughs> you want to be the MVP. That's it's like, do you, you want to win a championship for the guy next to you, for the sixth man on the bench? Do you want him to win a championship? Do you want to win it for your coach? Do you want to win it for 
your the assistant GM who maybe hooked you up with something uh, one time. Like, do you want to, for everybody that works in the organization? Does that? And I think that once you get that kind of mindset into an organization, any a company, uh, a, any kind of business, you get that into it, it's going to be successful. And that's just that's the nature of life. Um, we Some work we work better. We work better in in in, in unison. Go ahead, say what you were saying, Mike. The sum is greater than the parts. And so when you have everybody pulling on the same rope and going the same direction, like Chandler right. Sanders, Sacramento, that's what you're looking for. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's what any team is looking for. I think really any organization is, is looking for that kind of thing. And when you get it, you know, they know some of these organizations, they know it and they try, you got to try and hold on to it um, because it is fleeting. It is fleeting. It, it, it comes and goes and, 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 and uh, we can look at some teams that really have it, and, and you get it. And, and a lot of it's sparked about around one player sometimes, especially in the NBA, but not, not always. I think the Kings definitely uh, are in that, in that ballpark or that realm where they, they don't have the m- one mega superstar. Then they did it right by the draft, a little bit here, a little bit there, good trade, getting the bonus. Um, and now they're – now they're on the up and up and, and, and could maybe one move away from a year in and year out championship contender. So, um, yeah, this reading and, and right, the sum uh, is better than all the parts. That's because every organization isn't trying to win. Some organizations are just trying to make money. They don't care about winning. They care about making money. For all of the years that Sacramento Kings lost, those fans still filled the building. So why would I? Why do I have to put out a quality product if I know you're going to come anyway? The Knicks have been the Knicks have been a losing organization more years than they've been a winning organization. It doesn't matter because people are going to still come to the Garden. Everybody's going to the Mecca. Yep. So yeah, every organization isn't trying to win. Every organization isn't trying to build a, a culture. Is that's that's not how it works. It's not how it works. You have maybe 10 teams that are actively trying to win. The rest of the teams, they're just trying to make a buck. Yeah, that's true. And that's, and that's something that – another thing you can look at it anywhere in, in life, that when you, when you put your emphasis and your focus on the, the almighty dollar trying to be rich, um, the, the, the business, the, the bottom line, it's not going to work. It's not going to work if it's a business. It's not going to work if it's a team. It's not going to work if it's your own personal life. If, it's like I, if I'm thinking here all, my whole life, I got to make money. I got to make money. Ah, I'm eventually going to go crazy. Um, and the same thing with everything. Yeah. And, and you're right. That's true. And, and for us as fans to like try and decipher which teams are doing that, it's maybe we're more uh, in the know so, so we can kind of be point finger and see that yeah, this team's kind of doing it for the money. This, but for the more casual fan than us, yeah, they're not going to know that the Knicks are just about trying to make money. They don't care about the team. Um, Dolan, <laughs> what he's doing. Um, but, yeah, that's a, that's a good point, Mike. Uh, thanks for, for sharing that. Okay. So, so in a nutshell, it's like how to see how everybody's a suitor in this situation. And, um, again, like, like Chandler just said, in the situation where I feel like I'm going through with Detroit until as of this season, uh, with the Lions actually getting a big name and then just settling with what they have behind that big name, and that's something that Brooklyn is doing. They have the big names and then just settling with what they have behind it. And, like, Cam Thomas is a move right now that they got there, but there's no real pieces around these stars. 
that anybody's, you know, scared of or aware of that's going to be a threat out there on the floor, other than they're really holding the position, other than uh, the guy with Tonaby. He can knock down shots here or there. Um, Seth Curry, Steph's brother, and doesn't give you the quality of a Steph, even though that's a big gap between them two brothers. But still, I, I want I want him to be as consistent as he can be out there on the floor. And he's, he's injury-prone, too. Every team that he's going to, Seth has been hurt. So, um, again, this is something that Brooklyn's going to have to figure out in the next five days. Again, I'm standing on what I said. I don't think Brooklyn makes a move. I think Brooklyn's going to keep Kyrie there, and he's going to either suffer or not being there after February 10th. I, I don't know how they make this move happen that fast with teams that are basically, you know, locked in with what they have on their organization. Okay. Hey, Chad, how long before the Pistons fire? How long before they fire? Who said it again? How long before the Pistons fire Dwayne Case? They got to fire him, man. There's too much damn talent on that roster for them to be this bad. And I'm talking about just basic fundamentals. That team is garbage. Mm-hmm. And Cade is out. So so that's one of the pieces that are missing missing from that equation. Cade yeah, is out for the season. So. Bay, you still got Bay, Stewart, um, the kid Green. You got pieces on that team, man. They should be better than this. I know. I, I, and it's bad that the reality of sports, I can't even just say the NBA, but people tank to get the next best thing. They want the shiny toy in the store. And right now, Victor Wimbiamba is the guy. Like, everybody wants him. And, but I don't think – and this is bad because it's like, okay, if Victor was to go to, let's just say, hmm, Detroit or San Antonio or what's another bad team at the low end of each conference, like, I don't think he's going to make that big of a difference to lift them over the hump. They need more than what they have. So, um I don't know, but that Dwayne Casey situation, I I think probably by the end of the season. I think at the end of the season they'll uh, get rid of him. I think that's something that um, will happen. Okay, so we'll get away from this right now because I definitely fed these guys a good amount of food off of this one. The caller number is 929-477-2759. I do want to get it to the scores and then talk about something bigger. Um, <clears throat> the first score I want to get into are the Phoenix Suns. They won their game up against the Detroit Pistons. It's funny enough that Chandler brought that up. 116-100 to 100 in Detroit. And speaking of which, DeAndre Eaton has a 31.16 rebound night. In Detroit, Sadiq Bay has a 25-point night. The Clippers... This is funny. Everything's relevantly happening. The Clippers beat the Knicks in New York in the Garden in overtime, 134 to 128. Kawhi had a 35-point night, and Jalen Brunson had 41 points and seven assists. I don't, I don't know if he's leaving New York. Um, in which I do have to say this: Norman Powell has one of the dunks of the year. If you didn't see it, please go to YouTube and you know, shameless last name plug, the Norman Powell guy. Um, dunk really bad on Julius Randle. If you didn't see it, <laughs> he scored Julius Randle very badly in the middle of the garden. Please watch that. That is one of the top three, top three dunks of the year. Um, the okay, next game, yeah, okay. and I feel I, real bad. I, I feel bad about this next one. The Chicago Bulls beat the Portland Trail Blazers 129 to 121 in which Zach Levine had a 36.96 rebound effort in a winning situation. Damian Lillard had 40 points in a losing situation. The Trailblazers are at once at the top of the league or the Western Conference, I want to say, in the, the near end of November, and now they're back at the bottom of the Western Conference. I don't know what it's going to take 
for Portland to get this thing together management-wise or to get Dame out of there. Like, I get a Dame they, wants to be loyal. He, does, he doesn't – hold on, hold on. I don't know if Dame wants to be loyal or, you know, try to be the guy that can make this thing work with a team, but it, it either one, they've got to put players around him better than what they have right now. They have to play defense. This is a four-quarter game, and they gave up 129 points to the Bulls, and the Bulls are suffering. The Bulls are under 500 just as bad as they are. So I, I want to see how Portland ends up figuring that out. The Milwaukee Bucks win their game at home against the Heat, 123 to 115. Uh, Jimmy Butler has a 32-point night, eight rebounds, and Giannis goes off for 35, 15 rebounds, and 11 assists, a triple-double up against the Heat. Um, I feel like Giannis is slowly getting into this MVP conversation, and he may end up eclipsing one of the bigger names up there. That could be the likes of Luka. That could be the likes of Jokic. All of them are in trouble if Giannis continues his tear. The next game that I have are the Oklahoma City Thunder win their game against the Rockets, 153-121 to 121 in OKC. I love this. Um, Josh Christopher has 20 points uh, in a losing effort. Uh, Shai Gilgis-Alexander goes off for 42, six assists, and three steals in three quarters. The Thunder rested him in the fourth. I'm like, get him, let, let him get a 60-point game. Why we can't get a 60-point effort? Why we can't? Let him go crazy. So, but the Thunder, that's, that's just my boys. I love my team regardless, but I'm happy that they pulled this one off, but it's nothing to talk about. It is the Rockets, though. And, and the Rockets are another team I could throw in. That's another team I was talking about with the Vicks, Wembyamba, with the, the Pistons, the uh, the Spurs, the Rockets, or another team, too, if I didn't miss that. The next matchup we have, and I feel bad about this matchup, too, because this was supposed to be different. The Warriors win their matchup up against the Mavericks, 119-113. This was in uh, San Francisco. Um, Staff has a 21-point night, six rebounds, seven assists. Then we have 25 points. The Mavericks played without Luka. Luka was out cause due to the injury that he just suffered. The Mavericks better watch it because just like I think it was said by Chandler, there's like a two- to three-game difference from fourth seed to 13th seed in the West. They can't afford to go on a losing streak at this point in time and fall into 13 or 14, and it can happen. It could potentially happen at this point in time. The next game I have are the Denver Nuggets winning their game at home up against the Atlanta Hawks, 128 to 108. Uh, DeJounte Murray has a 28-point night, 10 assists, and uh, Jamal Murray goes off for 41 points and 7 assists. Now, the last one I'm saving for last is the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, like I put in the, the beginning of the discussion of what teams could be suitors for Kyrie at this point in time, win this game up against the Lakers, 131 to 126, in which Anthony Davis goes off for 34 points, 14 rebounds up against his former team, and Brandon Ingram goes for 35 points up against his former team. Um, LeBron is now 36 points away from eclipsing Kareem, and he uh, he was at 63. So he, he scored 27 as of last night. This is an interesting situation that I do want to throw around the kitchen. Mike, I'm saving you for last as you are the resident Laker fan. As good as this is of a feat for LeBron to catch, the Lakers are still underachieving with what they have. I still feel like they could at least be top 10 in the West. Do you think that this would be like catastrophic of a season? I don't want to say ruin his legacy because LeBron's legacy is etched in stone. But it's like, is this like a real bad situation for the Lakers to have this type of situation happen? Like, let's look at Kareem catching Will, and they weren't as bad as they were then. Or, like, somebody catching something that was, you know, monumental in NBA history, 
and still be under 500. And at this point in time, I feel like LeBron was just chasing the scoring record because he's having these nights where he's getting 40, 40, 30, 30. Like he's putting up these nights where he's getting point totals high and they still aren't winning. His scoring total isn't helping anything. So I'll start with you first, Chandler. Your thoughts on the Lakers as LeBron is about to catch Kareem. Um, I've said this before. Um, I'm gonna lay a lot of this, a lot of this at his feet um, because this team is this. This is the bad. This is a bad team. It's a bad team. Um, you got Anthony Davis who can't stay healthy. You need shooters that you traded away because LeBron didn't didn't want to play with young guys. And all those young guys right now they could use uh, the Jordan Clarksons, the Kyle Kuzmas. You know, they could use those guys right now. And then, you know, you got to go to the general manager. How in the hell do you make that trade for Russell Westbrook? You could have had Buddy Heald, and you chose Westbrook. Now, I understand. Well, LeBron warned him. That's the part where, where, again, culture, general manager needs to say, yeah, I hear you, but we're not doing that. When LeBron was in Miami and he went to Pat, Pat Riley and said, yo, you got to get rid of this coach, Pat said, yeah, I hear you. Um, that's not going to happen. Now take your ass back to practice. And they won what? Championship, I believe. Was it one or two? One, right? So, might be two. I can't remember. But this is a bad team, man. And the crazy part is is that normally when we see guys at this stage of their career, you know, we saw Kareem close to 40 years old. He he was the ghost of Kareem. Every maybe 10 games, he you know, he was like, oh, there he is. And then, you know. It was, man, he looked bad. I remember Dr. J at the end of his career. I mean, half the time, you didn't even know Doc was on the court. Okay? And he's like, oh, Doc's playing today. <laughs> it's the fourth quarter. They just put him in. LeBron isn't limping to the finish. He's playing at an MVP level on a terrible team. And to me, it takes away from this, this record chase. Okay, you scoring 30 and 40 points, and your team is still losing by 12. That's all, man. And I think that's why nobody's really getting excited about him getting ready to break the record, because the team is awful. And all you keep looking at is, yeah, he scored that, but, hey, LeBron, how's it feel to get 100 points closer to Kareem and you got blown out by 23? What's he supposed to say? Oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to get that record, even though we suck. And, and yes, it is a close, you know, from from the bottom to the top. But I don't see that Lakers team being anything more than a play-in team right now, unless they make some changes. But to me, this really detracts from the record chase, and and that sucks because you should be able to celebrate somebody doing that in 39 years. But because that team is so bad, it's hard to get invested in it. I agree 100% with you right now, Chandler. Look, I think with the way that the Lakers look at this point in time, nobody's even, like, applauding this. Like, like nobody's, like, even watching it like, oh, it's the point total watch. Like, they're trying to say it, but I don't even feel like the league or people that follow basketball like us, or at least myself, because I love basketball to death, like, I'm not following it as heavy. But the one thing that's making me follow this situation of the, the scoring record getting caught, their next game is the seventh against Oklahoma City Thunder. So he's going to end up breaking it against my team. And it's like, 
how fortunate it is I'm going to be able to watch this game with, with, with my heart on the line up against this. And I really wanted to play spoiler to actually win that game because we're in the hundred just as much as they are to be a top four team. If we were to win, a, like I want to say, like the next four games that people lose like a game or two, like the Thunder could get right back into this the way that they've been playing at this point in time. And Shea's already been invited to the All-Star game. But it just, just like you said, it's, I don't even feel like the aura of fans or the league like applauding LeBron about to catch Kareem. And as much as I, I was a big LeBron fan until he played the Thunder 2012, and then it's like I had to pick a side. And, of course, I'm going to go with the team that I love compared to him. But it's always been like I just want to play him back. Like I want to prove that the Thunder could beat them. And they just had in-house issues with KD and Russ and them. And it's like – but watching all that he's done in the league is like it's not being as documented as it should be. This is a big feat for him. And – just because of how bad the Lakers look at this point in time, I don't think anybody's really respecting it. I think a lot of players and teams alike are playing the Lakers like, we're not scared of them. We want to beat the old guy. And we want we want all of y'all to see how we're going to throw T'Challa off the cliff. Is this your king? Um, I'll, I'll ask you right now on this one also, Vinny, your, your thoughts on LeBron catching Kareem within the next couple games or so? Do you think this is respected as it should be? And your thoughts on the Lakers at this point in time? Uh, so this is uh, thanks for the question, Ty. So this is kind of like uh, uh, along the same lines as we were just—I was just talking about. We were both just talking about how the the sum is greater than all the parts, and what the Lakers are doing. And I mean, of course, you're going to do it. The guy's going to score more points than anybody else that ever has in the league. And now they're putting all the emphasis on LeBron, LeBron. But you got to think about what we just said. So if you're in unison and you're working together, and it's all about team, same goal. But with the Lakers, it's kind of not really about that because it's of LeBron's just his legacy, just his presence, and that's that's just him. He's the greatest ever. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. He's, he hasn't slipped. I like watching him. He's like an old guy that is still, you know, one of the best in the, in the league. Um, but they're not. They're not. They're not playing together. Um, they're not going to win. And is he going to break the record? Yeah, he's going to break it, and he deserves it. He deserves all the accolades because he has been one of the best. The one time in his career where it wasn't really about the LeBron, it was about the, the unison, the team, was when he was in Miami. Because it was the Bosch, yeah, Wade, and and it was, like, yeah, that was their team, but it was more, they got everybody on the same page, and they had the coach, uh, Spolstra, that was kind of young and coming up, and they just were one as opposed to just LeBron. And because of that, what did they get? You got championships. One of the best teams ever assembled. Um, this year, it's hard because think about it. If the Lakers are healthy and, and 80s there and Russ is coming off the bench as a sixth man and you have even Schroeder is a good player, uh, a good a serviceable player for them, and they got some shooters, I think that they should be good. It's like, why aren't they? What's missing? What's the problem there? And it's like, it's kind of like the same thing as the Knicks. It's almost like the uh, uh, emphasis, what the focus isn't, isn't really about, oh, we got to get the chip. We got to get, we got to win. We got to get into the playoffs. It's more about, we got LeBron getting the accolades, LeBron breaking these records as he goes with LeBron going off into the sunset, man, the, 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 the younger players don't give a shit about that. <laughs> they don't care. They, 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 yeah. They like playing LeBron. They're going to take a picture with them and be like, tell their grandkids, but really they want to win a championship or they want to, you know, be one of the, better teams in the league. So 
the Lakers and LeBron, I I I love LeBron. I have uh, I just just watching him, just watching him my whole life, just watching his whole career from when he first came out up until now, and he, he's still doing it. Um, just a special. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to have been a part of that to watch that. Um, and it's kind of bit it's kind of sad because I don't think he's watching the team not be one of the best teams. It's, it's, man, it doesn't feel right, but at the same time, yeah, he is getting a little bit older, and that's just the way we've made the league that it's more really about we want we want to see like honestly like I, all all the credit in the world to LeBron for becoming forget for when he, when he does pass to become number one and everything like that but I really don't care about that that much I, I mean I, I don't I'd rather see I'd rather see these uh, uh my team win and I'd rather see them like uh win for each other and for the for the for the city and then watch that rather than just one person achieving all of these accolades. And that's how I feel about it, but that's a, that's a, that is a good question. And and for the record, I love LeBron. I think LeBron's been great for for, for this. I think LeBron's great for the world. Um, and I think I like the way he's handled himself in, in the midst of all these. Uh, it's got to be. I can't even imagine the pressure. Somebody, everyone just looking at you like you're LeBron. And and um, I don't know. I just think I don't know him personally. I know him the same way everybody does from the outside looking in. But he seems like he put together. He's got a good life, and he's got a good, and he deserves everything that he's getting. But I don't know if it's good. It's not going to lead to a championship. That's how I feel, anyhow. So, Mike, you you being you know closer to the situation, you being a resident Laker fan, your thoughts on this happening again with the organization that you follow and love, uh, with Kareem getting it done, you know, decades ago. Do you feel like it's being as celebrated as it should compared to the way Kareem got it? in comparison to what LeBron is in front of within this week. It'll be a clip regardless if we like it or not. It'll happen the Thunder game or probably the game after that. I don't think it'll be a three-game situation unless he rolls his ankle or something. Like, that's the only way I feel like it'll be prolonged. But your thoughts on, you know, what what we're in front of right now, this is historic. And I really thought nobody would ever catch Kareem. It's here in front of us at this point in time. No, it's either the Thunder or I think it's the Bucks they play next, which is kind of ironic considering, uh, you know, that was Kareem's first team in the NBA. But, no, I don't. You know, and, and we've sat here on these shows and talked about marketing and how baseball does a terrible job of marketing and all this, right? And I get it. But you didn't see anybody on the verge of home run records, on the verge of any kind of, like, lifetime record that we never thought was going to be broken. You never saw that happen without it really being celebrated. I do think that part of it is because this is a flawed roster. I've said this for a couple of years. Uh, The general manager got caught up into trying to appease the player and somehow forgot that games aren't won on paper with star names. And that at the end of the day, it comes down to what you can do between the lines and how these pieces fit together. I think that if you have a healthy Anthony Davis, which they call him Data Davis for a reason, or Charles Barkley calls him street clothes, uh, but if you have him and LeBron healthy, with the other pieces on this roster, you're still winning because of star power and in some ways despite of the other pieces on that roster. This is a poorly, poorly constructed roster. To Chandler's point, 
instead of Westbrook, you could have had Heald, and then maybe even a piece like DeMar DeRozan and or maybe even gotten another big uh, to go along with, with what would have pieced that together. That, to me, the the year after the championship, it wasn't as good a roster, and they weren't as good, but it was still something that was something they could recover from. Uh, but to me, once you made the Westbrook trade, and now, you know, combined with what you did with Anthony Davis two seasons before, I, I don't see how you work your way out of this anytime soon, uh, unless you just have some people that, you know, through free agency and whatever else, say we want to try to restore the the, the glory of this organization. But yeah, so I, I think it is kind of tainted because of the roster, because of the flawed roster, because this is a team could just as easily finish 13th as it could 4th. Because like I said earlier, the the difference between 4th and 13th is about three games, maybe four now at most. Uh, so it, it's, a, uh, it's a dangerous slope uh, in that Western Conference. So you can easily fall down that hill and, and end up a lot further back than you, than you ever wanted to be uh, really quickly. But I, I just look at this and I – and it is definitely something to be celebrated. And to Chandler's point, this guy is playing at a at a very, very high level. It's really a shame that Palenka and ownership in that organization did not have the foresight to say, I know this is what you want, but this is not what's going to maximize your talent. Um, I, in a lot of ways, I feel bad uh, for him even though a lot of this is, is his own fault. You hate to see a guy who is one of the greats in this game. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's not he's not in the same territory as Michael Jeffrey Jordan, in my opinion. But it, it, it's sad to see one of the greats of this game this late in his career playing at such a high level and a team not being able to put the pieces together to try to maximize uh, his talents and his abilities. Um, well said. You know, it's, yeah, that's and, and, a good point. And a lot of that, like I said, a lot of that is his own fault. Like to Chandler's point, a lot of it has to be um, placed at his feet. But, you know, I feel like LeBron's a guy that's gotten a ton of hype over the course of his career. And so maybe some people, are, you know, I feel like there is some, some LBJ sort of fatigue uh, amongst his dis- distractors or people that are not uh, big fans of his. But this is an amazing accomplishment. It's something that is, like you said, TP, it's something that we never thought we would really ever see happen. Um, and so it is something to be celebrated, and I think it is, it is under-celebrated. Listen, it's going to be at home. They'll make a big deal. You have the confetti, and and listen, nobody, LA knows how to throw a party, and so there there'll be a definite celebration there. But as far as national attention on, on this scoring record, it's it's not what I would expect it to be. Hey, Mike, you know how you know that that they're failing to really promote this? The last three NBA scoring chance, scoring all time scoring leaders. Two of the three are Lakers legends. All of the, mm-hmm. the last three people who held the, the, the overall scoring title for the NBA all had it in a Laker uniform, and that ain't even been mentioned. 
You went from yep, Wilt read... to Kareem, yep. and you're going to LeBron, and nobody's even mentioning that part of it. I read that in one USA Today article. Like, I, honestly, I read one article where the person was talking about, like, how eight of the top 16 scores of all time, you know, spent time in Lakers uniforms. I read it in one article. I never saw it from any of the talking heads on TV. I never heard it pushed that way. But to your point, Taylor, yeah, I've I've seen that only in one article. And if it were promoted right, that one article would just be scratching the surface of where it was mentioned. I feel I feel bad that it's happening to him like this, and um, you know, I feel like he should be respected more in this situation. I, I feel like people respect him because of <clears throat> what he's done for the league and how long he's been into the league. But um, I feel like we're gonna, we're all going to look at this game like, yeah, it, it happened, like it broke. And I still remember watching the highlight of Kareem breaking that record, and Kareem got celebrated by all his teammates. They all came and ran and hugged him. The game stopped, so on and so forth. I feel like the Lakers will do that, but I don't feel like, like you said, with the confetti draw, you know, like I don't think that's going to happen. None, I, You know, <clears throat> I don't feel like there's this big of an aura around the LeBron situation. I feel like it's, it is it is at the, his feet at the end of the day. Like this is the way he wanted his team to be constructed. They're bad at this point in time. Um, I really feel like they're still in jeopardy of not making the playoffs. Hell, not even making the play-in. I, I feel like they like teams still will still beat the Lakers throughout this season. Um, there may be interesting names on that roster, but I don't I don't feel people look at Schroeder as a threat no more. I don't I think he's a guy that can hit a three here or there and and do one of those sneaky steals. But and and Russell Westbrook the way that he plays, I feel like he don't want to be in a Lakers uniform no more. And um, something that Chandler hit on is that we pray to Andy Davis to stay healthy because this guy really can't. It, this is really an issue for him if he could just keep his body in order, or every time he jumps for a rebound, I hold my breath now. I'm like, I hope ain't nobody around him because he's going to end up rolling his ankle or something crazy is going to happen. So <laughs> there, there's more issues with that Lakers team other than just LeBron breaking his record, and I feel bad or unfortunate. And I'm really mad because this is a game that the Thunder are in front of that they more than likely are going to end up losing to the Lakers. But just to be the Grinch that spoiled LeBron's Christmas, I would love to see the Thunder win the game and he still breaks the record because I know that's what they expect for because the Thunder and LeBron have kind of been tied together throughout the entire of his career, whether it was him and KD at the top of the league or 2012, the Thunder and the Heat, and he got his first championship. Now this in front of, uh, you know, the, the scoring title. Like, it's always us and him. So, of course, I got to pull for my team. There's no way that we can stop it. And plus, Lou Dort is out, the guy that likes to defend LeBron. So, it's like we're going to have to try and figure out who's going to deal. I don't want to put the young rookie Jalen Williams on him, even though he, he does have a good frame to try to defend LeBron, but I don't think he's going to stop LeBron. So this is going to be a tough task. But if we can <clears throat> let LeBron go crazy and stop everybody else and pull that game out, I, I'm a happy camper. Believe me, I'm going to be a kid eating Girl Scout cookies. I'm telling you, I'm not playing. I'm not playing. It would be real quite fitting for the state of that organization, though for him to break the record at a loss. Yeah, but I, um, that's true. Uh, Ty, I want to say something real quick also. Do you guys think that he wants it? I mean, do you think, like, he really cares, I mean, that much? I, I feel like LeBron's at a point – I don't know him, I mean, obviously, but I feel like he's at a point where he's just, like, he feels that, all the pressure and all, everybody's on the media talking about the record, the record, the record. And he know he knows that the other guys in the locker room are kind of like, oh, yeah, that's awesome, but – 
ultimately, it's like, all right, but I'm sick of hearing, okay, the bull in their eyes, like, oh, I'll never hear it again. Like, he doesn't, I don't know if he wants that um, I, that much attention anymore. He kind of almost wants, almost wants to get over it. Is that how yeah, you guys see it, or am I off? Yeah, he wants it. He's been stat padding for two years to get there. This guy has come okay. in sometimes. This guy has come in sometimes in twenty point games. The team's down by twenty, and then now he want to try to uh, throw down a few dunks or throw up a few threes and get some extra points. Uh, he he's been stat padding, man. Like, this, yeah, he wants it. This guy's thought about this at, at this point. At this point, when you look at that roster, like. like you you talked about a few minutes ago this guy's basketball IQ and this guy being a smart basketball player. He knows his roster's flawed. What other reason does he have to go out there every day right now other than to break this record and try to put enough distance to where maybe nobody can catch him? Oh, yeah, he wants this record. I would like yeah, to say he wants fact. to go out there for his teammates. He wants to play for his teammates okay. and to make them better, getting them to the next level of their careers. I, I think that um, when you, you focus on me. others – I'll say that's what I want to think. It, 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 maybe you're right. Maybe he's all about himself and getting the, getting the, the record. And, and I feel like it's not about him being for himself. It's, it's the fact that this is a guy who came to the league and was not a scorer. He, he was essentially Magic Johnson. He has always been a pass-first guy. He's been a point guard and a power forward body. That has been his entire career. This is a guy who got criticized the majority of his career for making the right basketball play. There's countless instances of an in-the-game situation where he makes the right basketball play and got criticized, even though the team won. Even though the team won. Okay? Even including the pass to uh, 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 Ray Allen. There are people who criticize him. That, Why did you drive it to the hole? Michael would have drove it to the hole. Michael Jordan... <laughs> Which is a stupid, which is a stupid comparison, and we're not going down that rabbit hole. But the Please, point, no. is, my point is, this is a guy who has never been seen as a scorer, been criticized for not having more of a killer mentality and a assassin's mentality. You should be trying to score more. You could score fifty a game if you wanted. And this is the guy who's going to wind up being the all-time scoring leader, a guy who, by the way, is now number four in assists. A six-nine power forward who's number four in assists all time is also the all-time scoring leader. Hell yeah, he wants this record because then if you really do want to have the stupid Michael Jordan comparison, all you got to do is say, "I'm sorry, what? Uh, I'm sorry, I got the scoring title and I'm top." Because he might want, he's got a shot at getting the top three. Okay, he's got a shot, but he can say, I'm all-time scoring leader. I'm top five in assists. And where is he in rebounds, Mike? He's got to be top ten at this point. Got to be. So, yeah, he wants this. He wants this record badly. Sure. I, 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 buy, every, I buy everything you say, you're saying, and I, I, I kind of agree with it. He wants it. Part of, part of me, though, thinks that LeBron, and I just looking at his career and how he's, even when he t- had bought off his friends from, from Akron to, to be his agent, Part of his his legacy, I think, is he's always bought other picked other people up and bought them with him, and it, it was I think that's one of the reasons why he's so successful. To be honest, also, is because he focused on you know t- taking people with him, making other people better, making his other teammates better. Um, and then when you 
when you go too much into yourself, me, 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 I'm the man. I, now, I think that then you start, I don't know, I think that that puts him in conflict with himself and what he, what he is authentically really about, which is picking, bring, bringing other people up, taking somebody who isn't at that level and make, putting them on that level and then watching them blossom. Um, I guess you could say I'll abash and wait. Uh, maybe Wade was doing it before him, but but the point is, is that I think that oh, that's cool. um, I think that that's more what LeBron stands for is picking other people up. Yes, I think that I agree with what you said. He's gonna want it and get it because a lot of all the haters that have always said that he's everything they said. Um, so it's gonna mean a lot to him and the city, all that. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, I don't know if it's gonna be as fulfilling for him as it will be to say watch his son become a, a great NBA player, obviously, or uh, even some of his teammates that he or coaches and that he's bought, bought into what he's doing and, and watch them blossom. Um, but, but yeah, I think there's a little bit of both there. I, 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 w- I, mean, you, I would love to hear what you guys think because I've always seen – to, to contra- contrary to a lot of most NBA players, I feel as like LeBron was always about others, um, more, to more, more than the typical uh, NBA superstar is is what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> Anybody else want to add something to before we get away from it? Because I, I do want to kind of tone it down and go, go to a quick topic before we, get, before we get out of there. Say it again. Go. So, no. No, no, go no, ahead. I, I, cause, cause I, uh, go ahead. I, I'm, I'm gonna go some. I'm gonna go somewhere else. So yeah, go ahead, TP. Let's let's move on. Okay, so I I do want you to get out whatever you need to get out because I'm gonna sw- switch this and and this is where I kind of like put like this is like I don't even know what to say like uh, S car go out. I don't know if you want to eat this or not, but I'm starting trouble here in the kitchen. Is the pro bowl relevant anymore? Like. I, I really feel bad that this is the weekend of the Pro Bowl. We just spilled all that we could on basketball and don't even care about the Pro Bowl anymore. I'm from that era where the 80s, 90s, where we used to love to see the Pro Bowl, see Jerry Rice, see Barry, see Ronnie Lott, see LT, see all these monsters going there and play ball. This is now turned into two-hand touch with shoulder pads on, flag football, seven-on-seven, seven, dodgeball. This is this is what the Pro Bowl's turned into. Like, and all of these players play throughout the season and try to play the best ball that they can throughout the season so they can get, you know, all pro acclamations or making it to the Pro Bowl, so on and so forth. There is no draw towards this at all, and that game is play, being played today. Today. Like, like, I want to know how you guys feel about the Pro Bowl, the essence of it. Should it be completely taken out? Me personally, before you guys even get started, get rid of the Pro Bowl. I, I guess just acknowledge them as being Pro Bowl players or all pro first team or second team, however they draw this stuff. But it, it's like, come on. it's not. I don't even think people watch the Pro Bowl anymore. Especially um, there's a play I think happened last year. When, yeah, Mac Jones was a rookie last year. There's a play Mac Jones like scrambled left and he got touched by one guy with one hand and he thought he didn't get touched. He ran 70 yards to the end zone and started doing a grid. And it was like, oh, that was the highlight that he – Fake ran a 70-yard run, which he would never do in an NFL game. Like, he wouldn't get tracked down by a corner of safety or anybody of athleticism to get to him just so he could dance. And it's it just weary now that this is what the game has turned into. Um, the relevance of the Pro Bowl and how these guys still play as hard as they can to be on the list. But this, this is the worst 
how do I say, all-star game in all of sports, whether it's hockey, whether it's the MLB all-star game, whether it's the basketball all-star game, soccer, if, if the MLS has one, I, I think the Pro Bowl is the worst situation in all of sports. I, you lucky there ain't a golf hall uh, all-star game because I would go after that too, everything. I, I, I don't know. I know NASCAR. I don't watch NASCAR like that, but I, none of it's like that. The relevancy of the, the Pro Bowl. I'll, I'll start with you first, Mike. Your thoughts on the, the whole situation around the Pro Bowl. Did it lose its luster over 10 years span or is it the past five or, I mean, your thoughts all in general. The two AFC quarterbacks for the Pro Bowl this year, because of injury replacements or guys dropping out, are Tyler Hundley and Derek Carr. Because when I think AFC great at the quarterback position this year, let me tell you, Carr, uh, Derek Carr and Tyler Hundley are sure two of the first two names that come to my brain, right? Now, listen, I, I think that the Pro Bowl is, to your point, irrelevant. I think it's um, happened over the last few years. Uh, you could argue that one of the things that started it was when they moved it in between the championship games and the Super Bowl. Uh, I feel like that sometimes whenever it was another week after the Super Bowl, sometimes guys would still come out there and people still wanted that one last football fix. Uh before you had, you know, before you were done with football until, you know, September, August when preseason started or whatever. Uh, And I also think that to your point, like 80s, 90s, when it was a big deal, football was not as readily accessible for us to watch live as it is today. So you had your network games or whatever, and that was it. You had your primetime Sunday night game or whatever. It was on ESPN for a while and the ABC game on Monday night. Uh, Thursday night was sort of hit or miss every once in a while you had one. I remember Corey Dillon going crazy. But, you you know, you couldn't watch as much football. It wasn't as, as easily accessible as it is now. And I think that sort of factored into it, too, because there were times that maybe you were going to get to see some players that you never got to see all year because their teams weren't good enough to be on on network television would be one of the main games picked up by the network. So I think that factors into it as well. But I think for a multitude of reasons, you know, I, some purists really enjoy the seven on seven. On seven they say it's really athletic. I, I think there are some football purists that, are, that would still enjoy uh, watching it. But at the end of the day, um, and none of these leagues really do a great job with all-star festivities, to be quite honest with you. But I, I think the NFL's is the worst, and, and I agree with you. I, I think at some point, let's recognize them, you know, first-team All-Pro, second-team All-Pro, whatever you want to do. Uh, you can have a Pro Bowl ballot and still have some bonus in the checks, but just let them, uh, let them collect the checks and, uh, and move on. I mean, you know, hey, if you want to uh, continue to incentivize them and so, you know, they can get a bonus for it, fine. But I just don't really see any need for the game. I don't see any need for the event itself anymore. I I just think it has come, it's definitely become pretty much irrelevant. Uh, Chandler, your thoughts on the, the relevance of this Pro Bowl weekend and should it be taken away? I mean, your your thoughts on it in general? Yeah, they should end it. 
And a lot of people want to blame the players. Oh, these guys, they all want to be friends. That's a small part of it to me. Um, what has happened was players have gotten smarter in some ways. Now, keep in mind that what players are getting paid now, a lot more money involved. A lot of the times that Pro Bowl check for some guys, you know, depending on, on whether you were a star or not, that Pro Bowl check was a nice, large chunk of change. It was also a free trip to Hawaii for you and the family. You know, you got to take the wife somewhere. She's been sitting at home with the kids all year while you was out playing football and traveling and doing what you was doing in them other cities. Now, you got to take her somewhere nice and warm and tropical so she can sit and sip drinks with, 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 with an umbrella in it. Okay, that's free trip to Hawaii. All right. Also, like I said, the con- the money that was involved, and yes, there was more. It was more about proving I'm better than you, and I'm gonna show you. And now we, you know, the best of the best get to go against each other because some of those guys didn't really get to, you know, do what they want to do and play against guys like that and all those other things. You know, especially with NFC and AFC. You know, you didn't always get to play against that guy. Who that, court, that that wide receiver who everybody said was great and you this corner and you like yo dude let me show you I can lock you up you know but the the money if I don't need to now hurt myself in the game I'm not going to I'm not going to because I'm not going to risk that three million five million ten million dollar contract because you know what I get hurt the team boys to cut you know they cut me I'm not getting that money because remember ain't no guaranteed contracts. So if I'm truly going to maximize whatever gears I have, do I really want to waste it on a glorified exhibition that's really only making money for the owners? Because, again, the players, they get bonuses that are built in their contracts, but they're not getting paid for that game. They're not getting paid for it. That's just a, that's an extra game that's free. They ain't playing for free. You know, especially now that I'm making up money where I don't have to, where I'm not depending on that Pro Bowl bonus. I'm not depending on that, that bonus. That bonus, yeah, it's nice to have. Like, I think uh, it was somebody, I forget the name, who the player was. He got $300,000. Yeah, $300,000 to you and me, that's a lot of money. You make it $10 million, $300,000, yeah, it's nice. But, you know, I, I got ten. I'm good. So it's, it's, it's a multitude of factors, the biggest of which is, is the players have finally gotten smart enough to know I'm not going out there and ruining my knee in a game that really is only making the owner's money. And I don't have guaranteed contracts. And I don't have lifetime medical. Nah, I'm good. And, yeah, they should get rid of it. Oh, and by the way, the NHL All-Star game this weekend would would really like to talk to you about which one is which one is worse because NHL this weekend was garbage, absolute hot garbage. So between that and damn flag football, because his what happens if one of these guys playing flag football blows out a knee, right? What happens if one of them blows out a knee? Like one of the say like the the guy who who got got him uh, got on the team for special teams. You know, he ain't making no money. And he blows his knee and then gets cut. And all he gets is the injury settlement. When he was alarmed, maybe to get a contract for, say, 3 or $5 million. Now he's getting about two hundred fifty grand, and they're saying, bye-bye. They need to get rid of it. It needs to go. The players don't need to do it for financially anymore. They don't need to do it. Um, the, the way they've ruined the league in a sense of everybody gets to see every game, so there's no mystery about players. There's no competition. There's no real 
animosity, you know, unless, of course, you're talking now, if you have a Pro Bowl just between the AFC North teams, then you got some animosity. You know what I'm saying? Do the AFC North against the AFC North, you're going to get people laid out. Outside of that, no, nah, man, it, it's time It's time for it to go. Um, because, again, as I said, at the end of the day, it really comes down to is it worth it to these players to go out there and take a chance of getting injured for a game that, that might be a, for a bonus check that might be a fifth of what they're making annually? It's not worth it. Vinny, your your thoughts on this situation in the Pro Bowl? Does it is it relevant anymore? Do you think they should discontinue it? Should they do something to tweak it? Your thoughts? I, I agree with whatever. I mean, that what everybody said that it's kind of a waste. Um, it's I don't I don't pay attention to it. I don't think a lot of people do. I think that we should do something like you said. I tweak it. How can we? So I propose this. Why? So let's. How can we tweak the game? How can we? But still make it interesting. Um, I kind of like the what the NBA did with the skills competition. Can we do something like that for the NFL? Or maybe it's a, a quarterback and the receiver outside, and you try and beat the other Pro Bowl quarterback who made it. And um, so you have a receiver going up against uh, uh, one one cornerback, and maybe they get a safety. The quarterback's got five seconds to throw the ball, and that maybe they even just do a a sprint, a 50-yard dash uh, time to see who, who who's the fastest player in the league. Just things that get us excited. I mean, watching them play, like, yeah, we don't want to see anybody get hurt. <laughs> we don't want to see anybody um, blow their, ruin their career, ruin their bonus because of an exhibition game. Um, so so how can we tweak it? What what can we do? Who are the people with the NFL that come up, the think tanks that, that are supposed to, the marketing department that are supposed to try and make the game better? Um, where are they? Because I mean, do so. The, the definition of insanity is to continue to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. So just let that sink in for a second. That's what the NFL is doing with the with the Pro Bowl. They continue to do the same thing. It's like, all right, at least the NBA is being uh, is trying. They're trying to make it a little bit better. And I feel like even MLB. So MLB has always had it for the longest time. The home run competition. Again, it's like a it's not the game, but it's it's a part of the game. The, the fans that we love. And we like it. And we watch the home run derby. I watch the home run derby more than I'm interested in the MLB All-Star game. Um, how can the NFL do something like that? I think I don't have the answer to that. I mean, I could throw some things out there. But um, if they did something different, I think that that might generate interest in the game again. But right now, I'm, I'm not even really into it. Um, but, yeah, I, like, I, I would like it if they did something a little bit different to, to answer your question, Ty. The only way the game would be fun to me is if they made it flag football. That's the only way they could do it. If you're not trying to get injured, then put flags on everybody. Let them play 11-on-11 flag football and look like jerks out there playing flag football. That's the only way I could see it happening. Other than that, end it. There was something that Mike hit on, which was the point that I was going to hit on. You mean to tell me that Tyler Huntley and Derek Carr are the quarterbacks for the AFC? One is a backup that didn't have that great of a season, and the other one got released at the end of the season. You know what I see? I see that Lamar didn't want to go there because Lamar probably somewhat near healthy, right? There's another quarterback in the AFC I feel that's played better than Scoop Huntley or Tyler Huntley, however you want to address him. I feel like there's a quarterback in the AFC that's played better than him, if not Joseph Burrow, right? And then you're looking at Derek Carr that got released, 
there's quarterbacks that have played stronger or better ball than him at this point in time while he's out there on the field. And you know what that tells me? That all of the quarterbacks that they tried to send an invite to said, I'm not going. Like, who's going to the Pro Bowl, right? And it's interesting that Chandler said it. This is a free trip for the family. Like, your family got to go pack up and go to Hawaii. Even though I've been to Hawaii, Hawaii is a great place to go visit, but it ain't something that's for everybody. For me, I just know that that's a relaxation zone. Like, that is really the honeymoon zone. It ain't like, oh, you're going to go out there and party all crazy. No, you're just going to look at a lot of live beaches, luau's, and be have cookouts and watch wild fishing and stuff like that. That's how I feel how Hawaii is. And if you're a golf fan, golfing is at a premium. In Hawaii, is a premium. But other than that, that was that. But now it's in Vegas. Who doesn't want to go to Las Vegas? If nobody does, I know. I love Las Vegas. That's that's my home away from home. That's like the second place I need to be at, you know. And people are saying no to Las Vegas. That got to tell you how bad the Pro Bowl is. The Pro Bowl is that bad that don't nobody want to go to Vegas. And if you're not even playing, look at Alvin Kamara. He went there and got a case, knocked the dude out. Like nobody want to be around or seen in that situation unless they're going out there to chill by themselves. If they're around a whole bunch of their teammates and they cruise so on and so forth, something bad going to happen in that city. It's bad that they moved it to Vegas because that's, that's party zone central, especially for the United States where these guys get the ball out of control, so on and so forth. Get rid of that Pro Bowl or do something that's going to tweak it. Um, I think that they are definitely the worst all-star game in all the sports. I really want to say followed by – until the NBA goes back to the way it was, Eastern Conference versus Western Conference, I don't like that they changed it, that it's a pickup game because they try to favor LeBron. Now LeBron's on the Western Conference. LeBron can care less on how the Eastern Conference look right now. This, this was all to help LeBron, and Chris Paul was like, well, let's make it a pickup game to make it fair for the Eastern Conference. No. That, so the NBA, I still feel a certain way about their All-Star game. Only thing I'm giving Major League Baseball is them being number one with their All-Star weekend because I love the home run derby. I love the way the game being played because it ain't like – pitches are taking pitches off and it ain't like batters are taking swings off and people aren't playing the field the right way. They are actually playing the game how the game should be played. So I give MLB number one as one respective corner that I give them in all the sports. And um, hockey, I mean, it, it just happened. And I get where Chandler's coming from, but I still I still love the game of hockey. I still like to see people get pressured and, and seeing if they get open nights to try to make a score and shifting the puck in front of the goalie to see if they could beat them. Like, <clears throat> That's just me. I, I'm I'm a sport head. I love I love sports at the end of the day. But to me, the Pro Bowl is the worst. If if they can't do, you got these guys getting dressed up in full pads and they're not tackling. So what what's the safety behind them wearing the pads and the helmet? I, I I don't get it. Like that's that's the funniest thing I could think of in my head. Like that that makes not no sense at spot. all. Not to put you on the spot, Ty, but what are what do you think uh, the NFL could do? a la the home run derby or the skills competition um, to generate more interest. Do you have any uh, ideas? I know it's off the top of your head, but I, 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 football maybe, I don't know, but something different, right? They're doing all they can with the side games, whether it's the dodgeball, the skills competition with the quarterbacks and making passes, things like that. They're, they're doing all they can outside of the game, but for the initial game, like nobody – we used well, I don't know about you, but I know me and the people around that I grew up around, like we couldn't wait for six o'clock on Sunday to see all of our players play together, whether it was Emmett Smith and Barry on the same team in the same backfield like that used to be crazy. Like I used to love that. Like Emmett gonna be 
the Thunder Barry gonna be the Lightning. Like like that. I couldn't wait for that. Now it's like I don't even care who's in the Pro Bowl. And then there's some people that get gypped because they didn't even get called into the Pro Bowl. Then they got people that are in the Pro Bowl that don't even deserve to be in the Pro Bowl over people that should have been in the doggone Pro Bowl. Like ridiculous, ridiculous. I, I just don't understand the voting or the the situation of how this is supposed to go down. At the end of the day, it is funny. And like I said, what I see, they should do an 11 on 11 flags, have everybody have flags hanging off the side of them and try to pull the flag off on them and, and referee it the best way that they can do it that way. Otherwise, these guys are wearing pads, and as soon as they touch each other, the ball is stopped right there. That's that's not even – it's not even two-hand touch. It's one-hand touch. Like, this – this what? Like, I, I'm with the Pro Bowl. I respect when people make all pro first team, second team, and if they get invited to the Pro Bowl, so be it. But as of this weekend right here, it's like, yuck. I can't believe that this is what we're left with at this point in time. Okay. Man, listen, Tyler Huntley threw two whole touchdown passes this year. Put some respect on his name. He threw two touchdown come passes. Come on. Come on. Don't do this to me. Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't do this to me. Because if you want to play if you want to play that game, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna get real nasty, Chandler, if you want to play this game. If if he threw two touchdown passes, then Zach Wilson should be a pro bowler. Now, let's do that. You wanna play games? Now. Let's do it. He's a pro bowler. Two. Cool. Zach Wilson was undefeated at one point except losing to the um the Patriots. He had lost two games to the Patriots, beat everybody else. Beat everybody else in front of him. So then if that's the case, put Zach Wilson in there before um Scoop or um Derek Carr who who's begging to plead for somebody to pick him up. This dude don't even have a team to be on. Where do he he's the only one in the Pro Bowl with no helmet. Like he gotta go in there with like a all <laughs> helmet with no patch on the side. No patch, no Raider patch, no. But they got rid of us. So what, what type of helmet he gonna wear? USA, <laughs> NFL. What? Yeah. Get out of here. This is what the Pro Bowl is now. That's what it is now. You threw no. a touchdown pass with Pro Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> what's the guy? What's the guy from the backup for for Hertz? Uh, Minshew, or he should be the Pro Bowl quarterback. <laughs> Hertz is backup. Uh, the well, you already said it. You got it right. You got it. You said yeah, it. Yeah. Garner Minshew the second, yeah. Right. Like like I said, the quarterbacks are Scoop Huntley and Derek Released Carr. Stop <laughs> it. Okay, okay, um I need closeouts and plugs from each of you. Anything that you guys would like to promote before we get out of here. Great stuff. Next Sunday is the Super Bowl show, so I can't wait for that. I can't wait to go to the supermarket and start shopping like crazy because there's going to be a seafood extravaganza around here. I can't wait for that. But, um, Vinny, give me a plug, close out, shout out, anything that you'd like to promote as we get up out of here for the brunch this afternoon. Uh, great to hear from you again. Uh, hello to everybody. Uh, V.S.Yoga is how you can find me on social media. And, uh, yeah, I got to my YouTube channel and – um, I will be popping out again uh, as soon as uh, anytime I can, and yeah, uh, go uh, go go Pro Bowl like I said, go LeBron. Um, yeah, happy, happy to be. I'm always happy to be debating, talking sports with you guys. Chandler, give me a plug, close out, shout out, anything that you'd like to promote as we shut it down here at the brunch. Uh, as always, a lot of fun. Uh, nice talking to you guys. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday as it warms up and melts all the snow. He threw one touchdown 
and he's in the Pro Bowl. Chandler might have a comment of the day. He think he's slick. He think he's slick. I got to figure out something before I get out of here. But he got he got Snoop going crazy. Okay, okay, Mike, plug, close out, shout out. You know what to do at this point in time as we shut this thing down for another Sunday in the books. Man, much love to you, TP, man. Without you, I wouldn't be here. Respect to the chefs. Chandler, it's always a pleasure to chop it up with you. Um, check out the website, man, the blogs sportscitychefs.com uh, check out all our shows there thanks to Blog Talk Radio for uh, letting us do this we have uh, Tuesday night uh, NFL Free For All Wednesday is the Collins Cookout Thursday Roundtable Gumbo with Chandler and myself and then we come back at you on Sunday mornings with this time of Sunday morning brunch also check out the Barbershop on Clubhouse man continuing to have a family environment there uh Sometimes uncomfortable conversations, man, but lots of good uh, dialogue about lots of different topics, sports and otherwise. So come be part of our barbershop community on Clubhouse, man. PHIapparel.co. Use the promo code CHEFS at checkout. I know uh, they should be getting lots of orders from Philly on the verge of the Super Bowl. Man, the only other thing I'll tell you, pitchers and catchers are reporting in less than uh, two weeks. So uh, that's exciting. It's a cool uh, wrestling match on the uh, Rangers baseball field on Friday night, Oklahoma State knocking off Michigan. Uh, we're getting into the last month of college wrestling as well. But it's always a pleasure, man, to uh, chop it up with you and share time on a Sunday morning, like we say in southern Louisiana, bro. Laissez-les-bon-ton-roulé. Peace. You know he got the country grammar because he's from the south. That boy said wrestling. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. I tell you, this this is what I got to deal with, sports. I got to deal with, with Snoop Huntley throwing a touchdown. I got to deal with wrestling. I got to deal with yoga. I got to deal with all type of stuff here in the kitchen. But you know what? This, this is the fun that we got. Just like he said, sportscitychefs.com. Check out the website, the interviews, the blogs, and the chefs. We'll be back here Tuesday. Serious and all of the notables in here. That That's crazy for sure. Wednesday, please stay tuned. I will end up cooking. Mike, Chandler, and Barry, if they are there, they better be there because I got an article for all three of them, and they tried to challenge me about three or four weeks ago about something I was telling them. I just read something two days ago, and I cannot wait to cook all of them at the grill for sure at the cookout. I'm not playing. I'm not playing. All of them are going to get it. So, listen, y'all stay tuned. Food for thought. Hopefully y'all can still do these dishes. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, chefs. Kaboom. Sports city chefs is in the room. Cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune. Bloom like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom. The clouds loom. Tell a friend it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports City, Sports City Chefs, you Chefs. Sports City, Sports City Chefs, you Chefs. Yeah. Cat. Todd. Woo! Connecticut. Uh. <laughs>